This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Godly wisdom is something every Christian should search for and desire to have operating in everything they do in life. God's Word in the book of James clearly tells us how to accomplish this, proclaiming, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who freely gives to all. Many who will be listening to this powerfully thought-provoking six-part broadcast entitled Wisdom from the Father's Throne will, for the first time, come to realize exactly what and how important true wisdom is, where it comes from, and how best to get it operating in our lives. Making clear the distinction between wisdom and knowledge, Pastor Ray shows that true wisdom can only come from God and His Word. Wisdom cannot be found in the world. Now, here's Pastor and his More Than Conquerors Bible lesson on wisdom from the Father's throne. The Bible says, let the peace of God be the umpire of your heart. What does that mean? The umpire calls the shots. The umpire says what's a foul and what's not. What's in, what's out. Amen? amen. Come on, give me a better amen than that. All right? So, so that in itself is operating in wisdom. All right? So get wisdom, get understanding. So how do we do it? Let's talk about three things tonight. I'll go quickly because we don't have a whole lot of time. But that's all right. The Bible says in Psalm 111, now listen to this. And these are familiar verses, but we'll talk about them. Psalm 111, verse 10, says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the, the very first step in attaining wisdom in our life is that we have got to have our lives surrendered to God. Now, that could mean two things. It can mean if you're not a believer in the Lord, you've, you've got to give your heart and your life to Jesus. If you want to make some better decisions, if you want to operate in the wisdom of God, then you've got to turn your life over to the Lord. So he says that the fear of the Lord, the reverence and the respect of God, is the beginning of wisdom. See, I don't want to make, I don't want to make a decision until I've conferred with God. I've got things in my mind. I've got a lot of decisions I've got to make, you know, important decisions about, you know, ministry. And, and my decisions could affect a lot of people. So, so I've got things that I hold before God and, and some things I sit on for a really long time. And I wait and I wait on God because I recognize that apart from God, I can't make a good decision. Is everybody with me? Apart from the Lord, I can't make a good decision. The fear of the Lord, the reverence, the respect for God is the beginning of wisdom. That's the starting point. I understand that without God, I am nothing. I understand without his hand upon my life and his operating in my life that I can't really accomplish very much. That he is wiser than I am. And, and wisdom on my part would be to confer with God before I make any decisions in my life, special, especially major ones. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now let me read this to you out of the Living Bible 
uh, Psalm 111, verse 10. It says, how can men be wise? The only way to begin is by reverence for God. For growth in wisdom comes from obeying his laws. Praise his name forever. Every decision I make in, in my life has got to line up to his principles, not my desires. Is everybody with me? That's how you'll end up making good decisions. So, so the only way uh, to, to gain wisdom is by reverence for God, for growth in wisdom comes from obeying his, his laws or his word. That's what's going to make you wise. Right? Which brings us to point number two. Um, Matthew's gospel, chapter 7, verse 24 and 27. Um, many of us know this verse, but let me read it to you. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, everybody say does them. I will liken him to a wise man. What kind of man? A wise man who built his house on a what? Rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on a rock. Now let's read verse 26. But everyone who... Did I give you the verse, uh, Matthew 7, 24? All right. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, isn't this interesting that Jesus, in this little parable here, is speaking about the same storm? He's talking about the same storm, but there were two different results in the same storm. One house went down, one house stood. Why did one house stand and the other went down? Because one house was built upon hearing and doing the word of God. The other house was built upon hearing the word, but not doing it. Isn't it interesting that both occupants of both houses both heard the word? In other words, they were not word illiterate. There was no word illiteracy here. They knew the word. They had heard the word. But one of them was actively doing the word, building their life by the word, using the word as the guidance in their life to fashion their life, to fashion their decisions. And Jesus called that man a wise man. So wisdom comes from hearing and doing the word of God. One of the most frustrating things for me not even as a pastor, just as a believer, but yes, as a pastor too, is to watch people hear the word week in and week out and month in and month out and year in and year out and still do not do the word of God. So they, 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 they fit the bill. They're hearers of the word, but they are not actively doing the word. Here's my question if you're in that place. What are you waiting for? You're building your house on the sand, and when the storm comes, listen, don't get ticked off at me when the storms of life come, and my house stands and yours falls down. I'm not getting too many amens here tonight. Don't get mad at somebody else who's been hearing and doing and building their life by the word, being the wise man, using wisdom in their life, because Because hearing and doing the word 
is what builds wisdom in your life. That's what's going to cause you to make good decisions. Don't get ticked at somebody who's, who's doing that, who fits that bill. And when the storms come, same storm, your house goes down, but theirs is standing. Why? There's a difference. Because theirs is built upon the rock of God's word. Hearing and doing God's work. So we can safely say that one of the ways to build wisdom in our life is by not just hearing the word of God, but actively doing the word of God. And really, to be honest with you, there aren't a whole lot of doers. And you know how I can tell? Well, I can tell by multiple ways. But one of the ways that I can tell is by your giving. Oh my gosh, I got a couple of faint amens back. I can just tell by the way people give. I can tell that it doesn't bother you that you don't do God's word in this area. Now, this is not a message about giving, but it's one of, the, one of the ways that I can tell. Because you know what I found out a long time ago? When God has your money, he's got all of you. Because money is a big deal to people. So it's one of the ways you can tell. See, if you really believe this and you're really doing this, you're building your, and you're a tither and you're giving, you're building your house upon a rock. Now, when the financial storms of life come, when the economy goes, and listen, back in 2008, we went through a terrible recession. I got, our churches were drying up all over the place. Our church was growing. In the midst of recession, we were actually increasing. In the midst of recession, finances were actually going up. Why? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because I believe that many, many, many of the people sitting in this house who are not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word, during those times of storm, you know, that time of, of recession and financial, you know, uh, turndown, uh, economic turndown, our people were still prospering. Many, many, many of them, actually, I got reports that even in the midst of that time, some of them were getting raises. Some were getting pink slips, but many of them were getting raises. Why? Because they were not just hearers of God's word, but they were doing God's word in that particular area. Boy, the amens are really cheap tonight. You sound like you're all tuckered and tired. All right, I'm going to finish up. We'll get you out of here. I don't want to waste this seed. I mean, this is good seed, man. Come on, I'm casting it out, and I want you to throw it to the ground. This is good stuff. I'm just trying to exhort you as your pastor, as, a, as someone who's done this, when you do the Word of God, and it's not only in finances, man, it's in every area that you open, that you're a forgiver, that you are a lover, that you are a helper, that you are a participator. It's all the Word of God, but I like to talk about money because then you get people's attention. Because like I said before, when God's got your money, he's got all of you because that's the last stronghold in everybody's life. Love God, I love people, uh, I forgive everybody, but I ain't going to tithe. I can't do that. I'm not ready for that. But you understand what I'm saying. And again, this is not a message on giving, but it, it's, it's an example. You see, when you build your house upon the rock, and the rock is not just hearing and knowing. I know a lot of Christians hear and know that. A lot of knowers. Some of them know it all. A lot of know-it-alls. But there are very, very few doers of the word. When you become a doer of the word, and these are not my words. This is the word of Jesus Christ. That's why I say I can't pick and choose what I want to do. 
I can't go through the word and say, well, I can accept that, but I can't accept that. I can do that, but I can't do that. I'll do this, but I can't do that. I must be a doer of the word. That's why your pastor labors week in and week out trying to give you the word, trying to get you to understand the word so that you'll become a doer of the word and not just sit here and say, oh, that was such a good message, Pastor Ray. I'm going to buy the CD and give it to somebody else. And you don't do anything about the word that you received. Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm telling you the truth. If, if you want to sustain the storms of life, then you've got to be a wise person. It's only wisdom that's going to get you through the storms of life. It's only wisdom that's going to get you through the trials of life. It's only the wisdom that comes from above, the wisdom of God, that's going to help you navigate through the difficulties in life. How do I get that wisdom? I must be a hearer and a doer of the word. By doing so, I am considered by God a wise person. Wisdom is built in my life, and I'm going to be safe from the storms and the difficulties of life. doesn't mean I'm not going to go through them, but it means that I'm going to get through them unscathed and better when I get to the other side of it than the way I entered in. Can I get a better amen out of that one? So, so hearing and doing the word of God are of utmost importance. Same storm. One house fell, one house stayed, was together. So hearing and doing the word of God fashioning your life. And that's something really, you know, I, I, can't, I can't get away from this for a minute, but many of us really need to take stock of our lives. Are our lives fashioned and are our lives developed by the word of God or are we still developing our lives by the wisdom, the corrupted wisdom of the world? Because as I talk to people, I can hear it. They're still operating in the corrupted wisdom of the world. Just by the way that they fashion their lives, the, the things they say, the, the actions of their life, you know, you know it, it's just, it, it, it's, it's the world. It's what the world is, is doing and what the world is saying. What we believers are doing is contrary to the world, or ought to be doing. Is con it, things that we do don't make sense to the people out in the world. They ought to look at you and say, you don't make sense. They ought to look and say, some, some, you don't make sense. But you're happy but you're peaceful, but you're prospering, but your act's together. You went through storms and you didn't fall apart. As a matter of fact, you came out better. What's with you? You're goofy. They ought to be looking at us that way because we operate by a wisdom from above, not a wisdom in the world. You have to reject that wisdom. You see, when, in, in the world, when somebody, when somebody hurts you, it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. You do bad to me, and I'm going to do better to you. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. That's the world's wisdom. You hit me, I'm hitting you. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. That's the world's wisdom, and that's building your house. When you operate that way, you're building your house on sand. And, and, and the storms of life, the, the trials, the temptation, whatever it be, the difficulties of life are going to come your way and knock you down. We do contrary to what the world... Somebody insults me, I bless them. Somebody curses me, I bless them. Someone hurts me, I do good to them. Come on. 
That's the wisdom. See, God's wisdom is contrary to the wisdom of the world. But we're not, listen, we're not, we're in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. All right. So, so here, here's our third point. So number one, let's, let's do this again. The fear of the Lord. Number two, hearing and doing the word of God. Number three, meditating on the word of God. You know, you could be a hearer of the word, but not a meditator of the word. You know? In other words, here, this is, this is, this is the activity of a hearer of the word. The word comes in one ear and it goes out the other. Just like that. It doesn't stick. One of the ways that you build wisdom in your life is you meditate on the word of God because the word of God is wisdom to us. So you meditate. What does it mean to meditate? It means to mutter, chew. You know, like a cow chews the cud. I didn't know this about cows, but they have like two stomachs. They have like, they chew and they swallow and then they spit it up again and they chew. It's disgusting. And then they swallow again. Really gross, man. And think about it, we eat them. We eat those disgusting things. But that's what they do. Give you an appetite for beef, right? <laughs> they chew and they spit up and they chew. That's chewing the cud. And, and that's how you're supposed to do it with the word. The word, we need to meditate, chew it, and bring it down and bring it up again and chew it some more and chew on the word. Sometimes, you know, like, I'm not against Bible reading. I think Bible reading is really important. But sometimes I think some of these programs, apps, you know, things that they have, these methods, we're going to read the Bible in a year. That's wonderful. But what good is it if I read the Bible and it hasn't increased me at all? Now, you should read the Bible because Bible reading does, you know, the word gets into your spirit. I understand that and I believe that. And, but sometimes you've just got to stay on something and meditate on the word. So, so there, there's, there's a, maybe there's something that covers a verse that covers an issue going on in your life or, or maybe just an area of interest in the Word. Then you've got to get those verses and you've got to chew on them. That's what builds... Like the book of Proverbs, I think, I think we all ought to be spending more time in the book of Proverbs because the book of Proverbs, right, from the, right in the beginning, we saw it when we started the series, said it's for attaining wisdom. It's for the purpose of building wisdom in my life. So if I would just meditate more, chew on the book of Proverbs... You know, wisdom would start to build in my life. So meditating on the word of God. All right? Actually, I have a definition here. It means to concentrate, to think about something carefully, calmly, seriously, and for some time, for a length of time. That's what it means to meditate. Psalm 119, 97 through 99, said it this way, Oh, how I love your law. It is the meditation. It is my meditation all the day. You, listen, you through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever with me. Wow. Now this is verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. Your word, in other words, is my meditation has made me wiser than my enemies and even wiser than those who have taught me along the way. So that wisdom comes from meditating in the word of God. So what do I do? I, you know, I mean, read, read your chapters and do that, but sometimes you've got to go back and just read a little segment, a little section, and just meditate on it and say, God, help me to understand this. Help this to become, you know, part of the fabric of my heart and my life. Help this to this little verse or, or this portion of scripture. You know, that's how you meditate. Just keep thinking about it. 
mutter. Like sometimes I will just get a verse or two in a day and I'll just think about that verse and I'll just keep rehearsing it. I'll just keep speaking it. I'll keep quoting it, you know, a verse or two. If I, especially if I'm studying a particular subject, I'll get those verses, there may be two or three or four, and I'll just meditate on them and think about them and consider them and see how they apply to, the, to my life and how they can apply to situations. And it's amazing how God will just broaden those verses and make them so real to you. And they become powerful. They become life to you. That's how you get the word, you know, uh, to become alive in your life, right? Does everybody, everybody understand that? Right. So um, this is a, a familiar verse, and we'll finish up here, but let, let me take you over to Joshua. Uh, you all know this, this verse in Joshua, right? And he says here, Joshua chapter 1, and um, now God is sending Joshua out to conquer. He's becoming the leader. Moses is dead. How how many of you know that he's going to need some wisdom? Anybody here? You all, are you still awake? All right. So he says here in verse 8, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do, notice, meditate in it, so you have to be a hearer of the word, and to do, you've got to be a doer of the word, to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So where does prosperity prosperity and good success doesn't just come just from being a Christian. There are a lot of Christians I know that do not have prosperity or good success in their life. Prosperity and good success comes from making, you ready, wise decisions about your life every step of the way. And what God told Joshua is the way to get that wisdom operating in your life is to meditate on the Word of God and then do what you've been meditating on. And he says, as a result, you will find yourself prosperous and good success in your life. How many of you want prosperity and good success in your life? Well, it comes from meditating on the Word of God and doing the Word of God. That's what gives you the prosperity and the good success in your life. So as we're talking about wisdom, three things. We'll talk about a couple of other things next time we're together. Number one, the fear of the Lord. That means God first in my life. I confer with God. I, I, I turn to the Lord first before I even make a decision. I incorporate God in all of my life. I don't keep him out of my life. I bring him into my life in every area of my life. Number two, hearing and doing the word of God. Doing, everybody say doing. And number three, meditating on the word of God. And that means, again, to concentrate, to think about something very carefully, calmly, seriously, and for a length of time. That's uh, the beginning of wisdom operating in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC radio ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.